probably everybody knows. Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Jive Daya Kori How many of you know this song? Shapar Shad Shiyodham You have it there? Just project. Okay, so this, God, this song is by Bhakti Vinod Thakur. This is the first song of Sharanagati. What is the meaning of the word Sharanagati? Surrender. And surrender is a process. And Bhakti Vinod Thakur is explaining the process of surrender. Surrender has six limbs. Sometimes in Sanskrit, the entirety is considered to be a body and different aspects are considered to be limb. Just like I explained yesterday, Srimad Bhagavatam is Krishna himself and Bhagavatam has how many limbs? Uh, how many cantos Bhagavatam has? Twelve cantos. Those twelve cantos are twelve limbs of the body of Srimad Bhagavatam. Similarly, the body of Sharanagati has six limbs and those six limbs are Humbleness, Dainya, Atma Nivedan, Sarinda, offering oneself, Goptritte Boron, accepting Krishna as the Lord and Master. How many we got? Three. Dainya, Atma Nivedan, Goptritte Boron. Then the fourth is Avushurukhive Krishna Vishashpalan to have the implicit faith that Krishna will protect. The implicit faith that Krishna will protect. Avushurukhive Krishna Vishashpalan Bhakti Anukul Matra Karajero Shikar accepting whatever is favorable to Krishna consciousness and finally rejecting whatever is detrimental to Krishna consciousness. So how many limbs you got? Six. So the Sharanagari, the process of surrender comprises of this six aspects. In order to be, in order to surrender to Krishna, what do we have to do first? Become humble. Can an arrogant person surrender? No. Then, and when we become humble, then only we can offer ourselves to Krishna. Atma Nivedan. Atma means the self, and Nivedan means offering, offering of the self. Now the third aspect is, naturally the question arises, why should he want surrender? Why should he want surrender to Krishna? Because Krishna is the Lord and Master. Since Krishna is the Lord and Master, therefore there is a natural consideration of surrender. And then, okay, if Krishna is the Lord and Master, then what will Krishna do? What does the Lord and Master do? 
does the Lord and Master exploit or what does the Lord and Master do? The genuine Lord and Master protects. So to have that implicit faith that Krishna will protect. And then accepting whatever is favorable to Krishna consciousness and rejecting whatever is detrimental to Krishna consciousness. To be fixed up, what do we need to do? Accept whatever is favorable and reject whatever is unfavorable or detrimental. So, it's happening. Nishigana, uh, let me see. Maybe I'll need the harmonic. This is a little too high. Should Why don't you use that? Keep that. Yeah, use that. Okay, then let's see. So you got everybody. You everyone got it, yeah? The song. How many of you will be able to sing it with me? Okay. And so maybe we'll sing it at the end of it. So at the end of the session. So we had some kirtan, so we can just go straight to the class then. <clears throat> Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, as a child, was very naughty. And his parents used to get quite upset. Naturally, the parents become annoyed when children become naughty, especially when they do something which is very, very unpleasant. So one day, Jagannath Mishra invited one Brahmana to his house. Many Brahmanas those days used to wander from one place of pilgrimage to another. So this is a, a natural tendency of the Brahmanas because they are not those days 
especially the brahmanas, were not so interested in mundane way of life. They generally used to be more concerned, more inclined towards spiritual development. And therefore one of the things they would do is just go from one place of pilgrimage to another. And they were very strict. They used to travel, but they used to cook their own food. These people, these brahmanas, would not take any food, even cooked by other brahmanas. And naturally, the householder brahmanas, when they used to see such a wandering brahmana or men, like they would invite them to their house. And so Jagannath Mishra invited one such Brahmana who was traveling from place of pilgrimage to another place. So, and as I say, the Brahmana cooked his own food, the householder Jagannath Mishra provided all the ingredients and a place for him to cook and so the Brahmana cooked. He was a worshipper of Bal Gopal. Krishna as a baby, baby Krishna. And at that time Nimai also was a baby. So when the Brahmana cooked the food and he was about to offer it to his Shalagra deity, at that time Nimai came and started to eat that food. So Brahmana was offering with closed eyes, with his eyes closed. And when he opened his eyes, he saw this little child is eating the food that was meant to be offered to Krishna, Balaji. So he cried out, oh look, this child has spoiled my offering. So, Jagannath Mishra came running and he saw what happened. And he was about to beat this little boy. Nimai at that time only was about five years old. Brahmana stopped him. He child, he doesn't know what he did. So by chastising him, by beating him, what did what kind of lesson will you teach him? So in this way, he prevented Jagannath Mishra to chastise Nimai. And he was, Jagannath Mishra was naturally very embarrassed. Like, how will you feel if you invite somebody to your house 
and he is about to eat and your son comes and starts eating his food and not only his food the food that was being offered to the Lord so Jagannath Mishra was very embarrassed so he requested so the Brahmana said it's alright I travel sometimes I travel through the forest and for days together sometimes I don't get anything to eat I'm used to fasting. So today Krishna probably doesn't want me to eat. That's why he didn't accept this offering. So Jagannath Mishra begged him that the Brahmana said, give me some fruits that will be fine. No, no. Please cook again. So the finally the Brahmana agreed. So they took Nimai away from the house to a neighbor's house. Those days the Brahmanas used to live to close by in the same area and nearby in another Brahmanas house. They took Nimai, carried Sachimata went and other ladies also took him. And in the meantime, the Brahmana was cooking. And these ladies were teasing at Nimai. We have eaten the food cooked by some Brahmana. Who knows what is his caste? Because among the Brahmanas also, there are different categories of Brahmana. A high class Brahmana will not eat the cook eat the cook the uh, eat the food cooked by a lower class brahmana. So this Brahmana no one knows what his caste is. So they were saying Nimai you lost your caste. <laughs> you have eaten the food cooked by somebody who knows what's his caste. So what was Nimai's answer? Does a coward man lose his caste by eating the food cooked by Brahmana. Nobody could understand what was he talking about. Does a cowherd man lose his caste eating the food of a Brahmana? So they were they couldn't understand why Nimai was speaking. Nimai even said a cowherd man loves to eat the food cooked by a He always makes it a point that he would get the food cooked by a Brahman. Then the second time when the Brahmana was about to offer, again this little boy came and started to eat. Again the Brahmana cried out, see once again he spoiled my offering. So Jagannath Mishra again was about to beat him up, but Brahmana stopped him. That's one thing, one thing like Jagannath Mishra as a father sometimes would like to chastise his son. But somehow or other something would happen, somebody will come and plead on his behalf, he won't be able to. <laughs> Just like 
So, so that same thing happened, but Ramana begged him, no, 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 please don't chastise. And so Jagannath Mishra said, please cook again. So he said, no, see, it seems that's my destiny today. Like, Lord doesn't want me to. Now this is the attitude of a devotee. A mundane people will get upset. Why this happened to me? When something unfavorable happened, a materialistic attitude is to complain, to get angry. But a devotee, how should a devotee take it? A devotee takes it as if it's the Lord's mercy. It's the Lord's desire. The food didn't come to me. In spite of making all the arrangement, it didn't come to me. Therefore, I have to understand that the Lord doesn't want me to eat. So this is the meaning of Krishna consciousness. Krishna consciousness, seeing things in the light of Krishna. And body consciousness, controlling attitude. I want this. I am arranging this. Therefore, this must happen. But Krishna consciousness is, Lord wanted this. Lord wanted this. And whatever Krishna arranges is for our benefit. That is a devotee's attitude. There is a saying in India, Whatever Krishna does for you is for your benefit. Okay, I'll tell you a small and short anecdote in that respect. A child, a prince, while playing with his friends, you see they play with weapons and things, so he cut his finger. The tip of his finger, little finger got chopped off. The king was very upset. So, he asked the minister, look, this is what happened to my son. The minister's response was, whatever the Lord does is for our benefit. Whatever the Lord does is for our good. The king became so upset. My son lost his finger and you say whatever the Lord does as if you are very happy that it happened. So the king put the minister into prison. Then one day the prince went hunting and he lost his way. He got, he got separated from the group. He got lost. And at that time, some dacoits came and arrested him. The dacoits were looking for somebody to offer to Kali. Do you remember the story of Jarapharad? So they thought, now he got a 
very nice offering to be offered to Ma Kali. And so before the offering at night, that offering takes place in a deep depth of the forest in the middle of the night, in the middle of new moon, when there is no moon in the sky, Amabhasya. And there the Brahmana also, and Dakoid Brahmana, <laughs> the priest of the Dakoids. So, but he knows the culture. So, so the offering has to be made through a Brahmana. So when the Brahmana was watching, they found that this boy, this boy is defective. His finger is cut. This finger, he cannot be offered to come. So the son came back, returned home and told what happened to the father. And the father felt very guilty that he kept the minister in the prison. He immediately went big forgiveness. So apparently something may not happen to our favor or according to our desire. But we should take take it as Krishna's divine arrangement. Another story in that respect, it's not a story, it's a real thing. <clears throat> Somebody lost a flight. You know where the flight was to take off? From Boston. And the day was 9-11, 11th of September and that person came late and he lost his life. He had a very, very important appointment and he was so upset, he was so upset. But then after some time he got the news that the plane that he was supposed to be went straight into the World Trade Center in New York. Therefore, if you miss the flight or miss the boat, <laughs> don't lament, don't get upset. Even someday if you miss your dinner, don't get upset, rather take it as Krishna's mercy. So this Brahmana, took it that way. Krishna doesn't want me to. But then Vishwarup came. He walked into the house. He was in his early youth. Very handsome. And the Brahmana just by seeing him, he got awestruck. What a beauty. He never saw such a beauty. And when Vishuruk heard what happened, and Vishuruk begged them to the please, for our sake. And a householder considered that it is inauspicious if a guest remains hungry in your house. 
So we should appeal to him, please, please take your dinner. Please make that another offer. So finally Brahmana agreed. But this time he this time everybody became extremely careful. Like this time, most rarely they dozed off to sleep and Nimai came out of the house. It was just a next door neighbor. So this time, they took him to a house far away, farther away. And everybody surrounded Nimai. Jagannath Mishra bolted the door from outside. And not only that, with a stick in his hand, he was sitting by the gate, by the door. <clears throat> and it was quite late, it was this time that three times he cooked, so it must have been close to midnight and when he was making the offering, again this boy came. Although he was locked in a house, surrounded by everybody, by the time they all fell asleep, including Jagannath Vishnu, <laughs> with a stick in his hand. And Nimai came and started to eat. But this time when the Brahmana was about to cry, Nimai said, what kind of a person you are? You invite me to come and eat, and when I come and eat, then you start screaming and shouting and crying. <laughs> so then, <clears throat> Nimai showed him his eight-armed form. In four arms, first he showed his form as baby Krishna. And then he showed himself with his four arms he was holding a lotus conch, mess and disc. And with two hands, with one hand he was holding some food and he is eating that. The two hands of a baby holding the chip rice and yogurt rice. And with two hands, he was playing his flute. So this is how Rimai revealed his identity to the Brahmana as the Supreme Personality. And he told him not to reveal his identity to anyone. And that Brahmana who was always traveling he stopped traveling and he settled down in Narayana. And every morning he used to come and have the darshan of Devi Nimai. Krishna also actually played this pastime with the Brahman. This pastime happened 
with Krishna also. So, anyway, <coughs> as I said, Nimai was very, very naughty. He used to, now he has grown up a little more, and he used to go to the bank of the Ganges. And the bank of the Ganges, those days, there used to be two areas. The area for men and the ghat, the approach to the river. Areas for men, areas for women. So they used to go there, take their bath in their respective areas. So what baby Nimai, what Nimai as a little boy used to do, we are not alone with his friends. He used to take the clothes from women's ghat to men's ghat and men's clothes to the women. And after taking their bath, they would come out and they would see <laughs> that their clothes are not there. And they would wonder what happened. Did we come to the other side of the river? and the other part. But they were extremely embarrassed, didn't know what to do. And sometimes Nimai would go to the young girls, unmarried girls. These unmarried girls used to worship Lord Shiva. And do you know why unmarried girls worship Lord Shiva? To get a good husband. So they used to offer with flowers and fruits and other things. So Nimai would go there and sit there and tell them, I know why you are worshipping Shiva and Parvati. But Shiva is my servant and Parvati is my maidservant. I am their master. So why offer to them? Offer it to me. So they would get very upset and say, Nimai, what happened to you? Don't speak like that. It's blasphemy. Undermining Lord Shiva and Parvati like that. Should never speak like that. Nimai said, look, whatever I say is the truth and nothing but the truth and the absolute truth. So they would say, Nimai, I'll complain to your mother. Okay, you want to complain to my mother, go ahead and do that. But I can tell you, if you don't worship me, now if you worship me, then you will get husband. Hands up, hands up, excuse me qualified as the demigods and in this way they would tell them. Then some girls would try to run away. Nimai said those who are running away without offering me the worship, they will get a husband, 75 years old. 
they left three co-wives. And so then they immediately come running. No documents. Sometimes Nimai would go to the Ganges and some Brahmana was worshipping or chanting Gayatri half much, half submerged in the river. And he would grab them by their legs and drag them in. And he would be afraid thinking that crocodile is up. And he would cry out and everybody would be in great anxiety. What happened? And then finally the person will come out as if relieved from this attack. Sometimes while somebody is chanting Gayatri or meditating, you would go in front of them and say, look, the one who you are meditating upon is standing in front of you. <laughs> and sometimes you take water in his mouth and splash it on their face. <clears throat> so sometimes this Brahmana would go and complain to mother, uh, 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 complain to Jagannath Mishra. So Jagannath Mishra, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's father, he would be very upset. He would say, I don't know what to do with this boy. He's so naughty and he is causing so much distress and such disgrace to the family. And he would get very upset and he would take a stick and say, I must beat him up today. The other brahmanas, those who came to complain, they will say, no, no, please don't get upset. <laughs> don't get angry with him. You know, the reality is, when he does those things, we all feel very happy about it. <laughs> so please don't chastise him. But Jagannath Mishra would listen to them. No, this boy is becoming absolutely impossible. We must do something about it. So he would take the stick. And the girls who came to complain, they would run and tell Nimai, Nimai, your father is coming. <laughs> and so then Nimai take another road, another path, not from the Ganges side, he would go to the other side and he would uh, Jagannath Mishra would be coming and he would see Nimai is coming from the other side and doesn't look like he just were coming from the river his whole body is dry as anything it's uh, looks quite dusty and there are some marks of ink on his face and cloth and Jagannath Mishra would ask, where did you go? I'm coming from this class, school. They call it, say Gurukul or Chatushpati. One teacher would teach. So I'm coming from the, the Pacha. But these Brahmanas have complained to you. These ladies have complained. And what, what was the complaint? You have done this, this, this. 
I don't know why they all say things like that. <laughs> like I'm just coming from my school. And Jagannath Mishra also would be completely perplexed. Like he couldn't understand why he's looking like a looking like a, as if he's coming straight from the school. So in this way, <coughs> Jagannath Mishra would have a Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would have his wonderful pastimes in uh, Navadip with Sri Chaitanya with with his devotees playing different roles. Now <coughs> Nimai in school again was an extremely brilliant student. Extremely brilliant student. Like he went to the school of Gangadas Pandit. And Gangadas Pandit never seen such a brilliant school. Anything that he would hear once, he would remember. No matter how difficult the topic was. He would hear it once and he would remember. And as a result of that, he started to advance very, very quickly in his studies. So that is another aspect of Nimai. Extremely brilliant student, at the same time extremely naughty. And so Gangadash Pandit started to wonder who this boy is. Because he could relate to this kind of this kind of brilliance, this kind of memory, only when Krishna and Balaram went to Sandipani Muni Nashram. So he started to wonder who this boy is. So he wanted to check him out. So one day Kamalas Pandit let all the students go and he went to Kanga with Nimai. And he heard that Nimai at the time of his Upanayan, that means at the time of his sacred thread ceremony, he uh, resolved that only he would touch Ganga with his feet at the time of bathing, not any other time. He would not put his foot on Ganga. So Gangadas Pandit went to Ganga and he was doing tarpan, doing his worshipping in the Ganga. And at some point, he told Nimai, Oh Nimai, I forgot to bring the, I left the, the sesame seeds, which is used for offering the worship. I left the sesame seed there. Can you please bring, bring them to me? So Nimai, has been ordered by his guru, so naturally he picked it up. 
he put one step a lotus appeared his foot his step went on to that lotus another step another lotus appeared so his vow was kept and gangadas pandit could see who this little boy is his student was so <clears throat> this is how gangadas pandit recognized and to him also chaitanya mahaprabhu told him please don't reveal my identity so in this way once again we are seeing that although chaitanya mahaprabhu is trying to hide his identity but he couldn't do that to his in that respect there is another consideration <clears throat> those two lotuses that appeared were actually the two lotus hands of mother ganga to hold the lotus feet of the supreme personality of god in the school there was another student in gangadas pandit's school he was also extremely brilliant but nimai and this student his name was raghunath siramani were completely opposite by na- in nature raghunath siramani was extremely studious very gentle very obedient I mean, a real good boy, and extremely brilliant. Whereas Nimai, he never touched his books. He was naturally brilliant. <laughs> so Raguna Siramani was very ambitious. He wanted to prove himself to be the greatest scholar of Naya Shastra. and he was writing a commentary on naya shastra so one day he told nimai that he was he was uh, he heard that nimai also is writing a commentary on naya because they all were studying navadvip was a place of study of naya logic and so nimai also was writing a thesis or commentary on naya so so he asked him i heard that you are also writing a commentary on naya shastra so will you please tell me what you wrote so he said okay i will show you tomorrow I'll bring it with me, and after the school, when we go through the river, Ganges, in a boat, then I will relate it. So, Nimai 
while they were returning home across the other side of the Ganges. So they were, he was reading that. And he saw that Raghuna Shiramani, upon hearing his commentary, he started to cry. So he asked him, what happened? Why are you crying? So he told him, frankly, that, <clears throat> you see, I also was writing a commentary and I wanted that my commentary would be the best. But now, when I'm hearing your commentary, it, I can see that no one will read my commentary. Yours is so brilliant, yet so simple. So, and he frankly told him that his ambition is to be the greatest scholar of Nashas. So when Nimai heard that, he took his writings and he threw away the hand. Raghunath Sivamani said, what, what did you do? You threw it away. Nimai said, yes. If that is what you want, I do not want to be an impediment on the path of your ambition. Yes, become the greatest scholar in that sort. And I'm not going to come on your way. And since then, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu didn't write anything. Although he was the greatest scholar of all time, the only thing that he presented from his side were the, six, were, the eight, were the eight verses of Shikshashtaka. That's the only thing that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did. Some scholars sometimes presented that Brahma Samhita was not actually written by Brahma, but it was a presentation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the writing of Chaitanya you know what was the Gaudiya Vaishnava response to that? That would be wonderful. <laughs> we'll find something, we'll get something that has been given by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself. Now whose presence, presentation is more authentic? Brahma's or the Supreme Personality of God? And the thing is that Brahma, why should we undermine Brahma? Cannot, can't Brahma see Golok Vrindavan and describe Golok Vrindavan? Is Brahma an ordinary person? No, he is the most exalted Sampradaya Acharya of our Sampradaya. <coughs> so the point is, Mahaprabhu did not present anything in writing since then. And this Raguna Siramani did become the greatest exponent of Naya Shastra. Then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu <clears throat> one day a great personality came. A very exalted personality came. 
and he became a guest of Advaita Acharya. And seeing him, Advaita Acharya considered that this person must be something, someone very exalted. And he asked him, who, where did you get this understanding? This understanding was loving devotion to Krishna. Now through whom this loving devotion to Krishna became manifest in this world? Who remembered? Madhavendra Puri. In that tree of devotion, who is the seed who has been considered to be the seed of the tree of devotion? Madhavendra. So Advaita Acharya, seeing him and hearing him, he wondered who he is and he asked, who are you? And he found out that Ishwarpuri, this was Ishwarpuri and his guru was Sripad Madhavi. <coughs> By the time Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has been recognized as a very, very great scholar. So Ishwarpuri and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu met. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu made Ishwarpur and he immediately became attracted to him. And Ishwarpuri also became attracted to him. Actually, that's the first time that they met in Navadvi. And Ishwarpuri once told Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that he was writing a book on Krishna's pastimes called Krishna Lilamrita, the nectarian pastimes of Sri Krishna. So <clears throat> he uh, asked Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that look you are such a great scholar so can you correct the mistakes in the And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said that in the description of a devotee, in the writing of a devotee, there is no consideration of mistake. Those who find mistakes, they are mistaken. Because the description about Krishna and his pastimes by a devotee is an expression of his love. And in that loving expression, there is no consideration of his So this is how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said another beautiful example that in the description and expression and writing of a devotee, don't find mistakes. <clears throat> then Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in the meantime, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu met one very beautiful girl. In the first sight, the girl got awestruck. 
and he also became so enchanted by the beauty of this girl. So who is this girl? Lakshmi Priya. And the arrangement was made for Nimai to get married to this girl. Mind you, he did not make the arrangement. The arrangement was made in a proper way. <coughs> the way the arrangements are made is there are things called ghatak. Ghatak means, the word ghatak means the one who makes it happen. <laughs> so, they carry the, 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 the possible candidates, they carry the news of possible candidates to the grown-up boys and girls' parents. So, this ghatak actually brought the news to Sachimata that and this girl is extremely qualified and I think this is the right candidate for Nimai. She is the right candidate for And that was true. Who she is? Lakshmi Priya is none other than Lakshmi Devi herself. Lakshmi Devi herself. And <coughs> who is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? He is Narayan himself. So the arrangement was made for them to get married. And a beautiful description is there. So I'm not going to that detail. Like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu got married to Lakshmi Priya. In the meantime, he started his own school. There was Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, after he finished his studies, like he was quite young actually. Many of his colleagues were very, because he was getting double promotion, triple promotion, <laughs> because he was so brilliant and he was progressing in that way. And he was All the others, I mean Murari Gupta for example, he was uh, his classmate, but Murari Gupta was much senior to him. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had some uh, 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 wonderful pastimes with him. So Murari Gupta was initially a follower of impersonally. So one day Murari Gupta was explaining uh, uh, the impersonalistic theory based on Yoga Vashishta. Yoga Vashishta is the book for the impersonal. And he was expressing and then all of a sudden he heard some laughter from behind. So he turned around and he saw Nimai with his friends. He was much younger at the time. 
He was not even in his school at that time. This was the past time. I just recall from before. Nimayu, not even in his school, not even started his education earlier. So that means he was about five, six years old. And, and he saw the way he was speaking, Nimai was imitating him. He was throwing his hands like this. Nimai was sitting. And all Nimai's friends were laughing, seeing that. So this is how he would have his pastime, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. When he grew up a little, he was such a great scholar and he was so, uh, what to say, like not really spiritually inclined at that time. He seemed to be absorbed in studies and debates and challenging people and, and whoever he would see, scholarly person, he would challenge him. Like Murari Gupta was one. And he had the wonderful ability that Naya is a logic, study of logic. So using the Naya, he would make the presentation that night, the sun actually rises at night. And naturally, they would contest. No, that's not. And he would defeat them, proving that sun actually rises. <laughs> and then he would correct himself and prove that sun actually rises during the day. So that was the amazing expertise Nimai uh, had with his word, word juggler. His Naya is a matter of word juggler. That's why Shankaracharya say that your grammatical studies and word jugglery is not going to help you at the time of death. Nahi nahi rakshati bhunkrin karati. So, <coughs> Nimai started his uh, teaching and in the house of Sanjay uh, Mukunda. He was a very wealthy person. So he wanted Nimai to teach his son. And he gave up a, a big hall in his house. It was in the uh, Vedic household those days, the wealthy people used to have an area which was meant for worshipping demigods. That is called Chandimanda. So he offered that place to Nimai and Nimai started to teach and as a result of that many many students became attracted to Nimai's teaching. So he had many, although he was young, just about 16 years old, but he had so many students. He became known as the great scholar of Navadhi. Nimai Pandit. And uh, so 
after that, after he started his uh, educational institution, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu got married to Lakshmi Priya. And then he decided to go to East Bengal. And East Bengal was known for its wealth, which today has become Bangladesh. It is said that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went there to collect wealth with his with his knowledge. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went to Bangladesh and it is said that Mahaprabhu actually went to deliver that part of the land which was known as Pandava Varjita. That is the place where the Pandavas didn't go. And the place where the Pandavas didn't go, that place is considered to be inauspicious. Now one part of Bengal became auspicious because of Ganga flowing. But that part Ganga didn't flow. So Mahaprabhu went there to deliver that. And he became well known for his education. See Ganga there becomes a branch of Ganga goes into that area known as Padma. That is not Ganga. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, it is said, went to deliver or sanctify Padma River. And he set up his residence on the bank of the Padma and he had many, many students and he taught them. At that place, there was an exalted Brahmana. His name was Tapan Mishra. So Tapan Mishra was very, very spiritually inclined. But Tapan Mishra was searching for the actual process for spiritual advancement and achieving spiritual perfection. He wanted to find out what is the actual course for spiritual advancement and what is the actual goal for spiritual endeavors. So he couldn't find anybody who could actually guide him in that. He must have spoken to many, but he was not really content hearing their explanation. While he himself didn't know what to search for, but at the same time he was not satisfied what others were offering. Does it happen sometimes? I must admit it happened to me. I was looking for a guru. I didn't really know what to expect from a guru, but at least meeting those people I could understand this is not what I was looking for. <laughs> and <clears throat> so, so Tapan Mishra was in a similar kind of a situation. He was searching for spiritual perfection, but he couldn't find the way. Then one night he had a dream. One night, he had a dream and a divine looking person told him that this Nimai Pandit who is, who has settled down and teaching on the bank of Padma River, he is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. 
So go to him and he will teach you. So again, these Brahmanas, these exalted personalities didn't take a dream as a dream. What they saw, they believed. You remember the dream that the Pujari of Kirchor Gopinath had? He went to sleep and in his sleep he had a dream. Gopinath is telling him that there is a person in such and such, in a such and such hut and his name is Madhavendra Puri. So I go and give him some kheer. And even in his dream he said no kheer is left. I distributed all the kheer last night. He said, no, no, there is one you'll find huh, behind my cloth, behind my dress. So go and give it to him. So he immediately got up. He didn't think, oh, it's a dream. He just got up and he went, took bath, went to the temple and he found that behind Gopinath's dhoti, one pot of kheer. Obviously, nobody kept that kheer there. So who kept it? Gopinath himself. As if Gopinath stole that pot of kheer <laughs> for his devotee, Madhavendra Puri. That's why Gopinath got the name Kshir Chor Gopinath. Gopinath who stole kheer. So this is how we see that these exalted personalities don't dream such a way. They perceive the reality in the subtle plane. In the subtle plane of the reality. So similarly, Tapan Mishra also felt that there is the there is some truth behind that. So he just went, met Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and he told him and what did Chaitanya Mahaprabhu tell him? That Sadha Sadham Tattva has been presented in the scriptures. The ultimate sadhan, the ultimate goal is to develop one's relationship with Krishna. That relationship is developed with Krishna in di through different means in different ages. In Satya Yuga, the means is, sadhan is meditation. In Treta Yuga, it is offering sacrifice. In Dwapar Yuga, it is worshipping the deity. And in this age of Kali, it is chanting the holy name of the Lord. And then he explained from Brihan Naradiya Pura. Hare Nama, Hare Nama, Hare Namaiva Kevalam, Kalo Nasteva 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 Gatiranata. In the age of Kali, the only means, the only way, only process for spiritual advancement is chanting the holy name. Besides that, there is no other way 
There's no other way. And then he told him that in this age, the process of spiritual advancement is to chant the Hare Krishna Mahamantra consisting of 16 names of the Lord in 32 letters. Sholonam Bhattrish. 16 names described in 32 letters. That is Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama. And he explained to him that the Lord descends in different jugas to establish the Juga Dharma. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu pointed out that this is the process of uh, making spiritual advancement designed by the arrangement of the Lord Himself. So <clears throat> he then gave the holy name and told him that he chanted. So this way it has been pointed out that Mahaprabhu actually started his Sankirtan movement in East Bengal during his travel. Now Tapan Mishra became so attracted to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he decided to go with him to Navadhi. He told him, I don't have any interest in family life, all these other activities. I just want to go with him. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told him not to do that. But he told him instead of going to Navadip, to go to Varanasi, which is today's Benaras. And later on we will see after taking sannyas, when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went to Venaras, Tapan Mishra was there. So now we can see, like, it happened when Mahaprabhu was about 16 years old, this, this incident. He took sannyas after eight more years, at the age of 24. And then he uh, went to Jagannath Puri and after that he went to Benares. So although this was to happen uh, about nine, ten years after, but he forecasted, he told him, go to Benares. Uh, so in this way he guided Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. At this point I just want to like, I'd like to see how many questions you have. How many of you have questions? Okay. Uh, anybody 
may have questions. Okay, I'll say those who have questions, please write them down. I think that will be better. Uh, so while I'm taking the questions, if others have questions, I'll stop now, then I'll give some time for question answer. Okay, uh, uh, Shamananda, he wrote it already. Okay, you can say. Okay, anyway, like those few of you can say say your question. Could we see that um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had some direct disciples? Could we say that Tapanishra was Mahaprabhu's first direct disciple? It can be seen that way. It can be because he did tell him about the Holy Name even before he started his Sankirtan. So he was the first one who actually he revealed the holy name and revealed the secret of the holy name. Tattva of holy name. Uh, yes, Sri Radharaman. Thank you very much for this uh, wonderful uh, beginning of the past tense. I just had um, a question on Keshav Kashmiri. Did he appear before the 16th year, or is that something that you're going to cover at the next um, seminar? Yeah, I will do it in the afternoon. I was about to go to, now next thing will be Keshav Kashmiri. <laughs> okay. uh -huh. Because, you see, Mahaprabhu went to Bangladesh, uh, and then he came back, then he got mad. Lakshmi Priya Devi left this planet due to the separation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And then he got married to Vishnu Priya Devi. And after that, the encounter with Keshav Kashmir. Okay. So, Guru Maharaj, I'll come back to a question next seminar on that one. Okay. Uh, for this one, just a very quick question. So, um, you spoke about Raghunath Shiromani and Nadia Nyai. Uh, my question was that um, since Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was such a profound scholar in Nyaya, without going too much into the future, I just wanted a very quick response on um, when he was confronted by people like Sarvabhong, Prakashara, were they cognizant that they're speaking to somebody who is actually a Digvidi, profound scholar? Because Mahaprabhu always presented himself as very humble and meek in front of his seniors. So I just wanted to know, because he was so famous, like you mentioned, he um, made Nabagrit uh, so famous as well by his school. So were they cognizant of his qualification and despite that still attempted uh, to teach him? Well, that's the uniqueness of Mahaprabhu's presentation actually. Like we'll see that with Keshav Kashmiri, also with Sarvam Bhattacharya, also with Prakashananda Saraswati, he did not really get into any confrontation. Right? In a very simple and sublime way, he defeated them. And that's how he established his superiority. Right? Like, now it will become quite obvious with Keshav Kashmiri. Like, yeah, so the thing is, uh, they initially, all three of them, did not recognize his greatness. 
they all three of them actually somehow tried to undermine him, right? Minimize him. Keshav Krishnaji was quite offensive actually, you know? Not offensive as such, but you know, kind of neglectful. Well, you're just a child. Like, what do you understand of Alankara poetry? Same thing with Sarvam That, like, this boy, this young man, has taken premature of sannas. This is not the way sannasi behaves. Sannasi has to be grave. He is so young and he is so frivolous. He chants, sings and dances. How is he going to maintain his sannasi? I will give him the real knowledge of Vedanta Sutra. And that's how I will make him serious. If needed, I will even elevate him in his sannas ashram. He has taken sannas from a lower class, lower grade sannas <laughs> community. And Prakashananda Sharishati was directly blasphemous. So, but we see how Mahaprabhu conquered him. And that's his greatness. Without any confrontation, without hurting anyone's pride, he establishes. Thank you. <clears throat> Any other question? Okay then, if you don't have any question, yeah, okay. And as you were talking about earlier, you know, we see everything as Krishna's arrangement, but say if you're trying to endeavor to to do something for Krishna and um, it doesn't work out in the beginning. How do you know that that is Krishna's desire and that you must have continued to endeavor in that direction? How do you know when it's Krishna's arrangement or? Well, if Krishna tells you, that's wonderful. <laughs> but uh, not all of us are that fortunate to hear directly from Krishna. Krishna does that to his friend. Can you do this for me? Can you do that? Right? But we are not in that level. So what we can do is we try our best according to the instruction of our superior. That is the that is the standard of rendering devotion. That's the difference between karma kanda and pure devotion. Karma visha bhakti and pure devotion. In Karma Mishra Bhakti, one acts according to his own desire and he offers the results to Krishna. Whereas in pure devotion, whatever the superiors, whatever the, my guru says, whatever the others say, I do it. So that is Guru Maharaj was telling about that area in Bengal where the Pandavas were forbidden to go. Uh, what's the reason that the Pandavas did not go to that area in Bengal? Because that, that place is meant to be remain hidden. Why? Because the hidden incarnation of the Lord would appear 
and then the glory of that place will become manifest. Actually, in that sense, Bengal is the most exalted place. Two most exalted places are Vrindavan and Navadvi. Vrindavan is the place of Krishna's pastimes and Navadvi is the place of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But because Mahaprabhu came hiding his identity, the glory of Bengal also was hidden until he manifested, until he came. Can I ask one more question, please? Why is it that in some Iskcon temples you see only uh, a deity of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu next to Radha Krishna and not Gormitai? Is there a special reason why only Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? Yeah. <coughs> uh, that is to indicate that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is none other than Radha Krishna. Radha Krishna together, when Radha Krishna becomes one, that is Sri Chaitanya. So, like for example, in the temples that has been that have been established by Sri Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, he established Radha Krishna and Chaitanya. Gorsundar, Gandharvika, Giridhari in my Srila Prabhupada also in Calcutta. He established Radha Govinda and Chaitanya. One more question? Go ahead. Okay. Um, why didn't Chaitanya Mahaprabhu take sannyasi in his life? Why did he get married to Lakshmi Devi first? Was that to give her a special favor? Well, he's, in his pastimes it displayed that some at one pastime he manifested his identity as Narayan with Lakshmi and two Shakti like Sri and Bhu. Sri Shakti, Sri Devi and Bhu Devi. Lakshmi Devi and Vishnu Priya Devi. Like Narayan has these two potencies on two sides. Krishna also has his two potencies on two sides. In Vrindavan, Radharani, Chandravati. In Dwarka, Rukmini, Sattvapuna. So similarly, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu displayed his pastimes in this. Just like Advaita Acharya Prabhu also. Nityananda Prabhu, Jamnava Devi, So he displayed his household pastime and then he entered into Sanna's pastime. Thank you very much. You have a question? Yeah, give it to me. Good much. Um, the ad ad advent of Chaitanya uh, Mahaprabhu, is it also to also get uh, the Maya Hadu philosophy to kind of bring the impersonalism out and to bring the personalism in. Yeah. You see, at, during that time, I mean, impersonalism was quite prevalent mm -hmm. and he established devotion over impersonalism like his encounter with Sadhguru Mahatachan, his encounter with Prakashananda Saraswati. Mm -hmm. Through these encounters, 
he established the personalism above impersonalism. Any other question? Yes. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was such an adept scholar in so many different subject matters. So therefore, when he would um, have a debate with somebody, he was very proficient in what arguments they would present to him in order to defeat them. Today, it seems that amongst the devotional community, it's very much to study very limited texts, certain texts which supposedly cover everything else. In my opinion, I always find when I study, I like to read a lot around the subject matter and then read other texts that I believe are accurate to give me a nice foundation. So what is your opinion on that? Very good. But in terms of today, we don't see, sometimes if you pick up a book that's not one that says Srila Prabhupada there said. Is, there is one verse, one line, two lines. Shiddhanta Goliya Chitte Nakaro Alosh Jaha Hoite Krishna Lagi Shudriya Manosh Don't be lazy and just accept the conclusion. Make an endeavor to understand properly because then your understanding and your conviction will become fixed. But in the age of Kali, people don't have time. They're not very intelligent. So let them just accept chanting the holy name, that's the best. But when it comes to preaching, Prabhupada actually told once, like, and that in order to preach properly, devotees must understand Sadarshan. And later on I asked Srila Prabhupada, that why we have to study Sadarshan. Is it because, and mainly, why should we study? Because it has been, you, you mentioned that five out of the six darshans are atheistic. And in the beginning of Bhagavatam, when Narad Muni was speaking to Vasudev, he also said Vedanta Sutra is also the sixth one the ultimate one, Vedanta Sutra, is also not really directly speaking about devotion. So do we need to, my question to Prabhupada was, do we need to study Sardarshan to defeat others? Prabhupada said, no. Defeating others is not our business. Preaching is our business. We have to present it in such a way that it convinces and it is very, very, and then Prabhupada explained what actually the six branches of philosophy are, which I tried to present it in that book. I don't know whether you read that. Like, <clears throat> Prabhupada actually pointed out that all these five are, appear to be atheistic because those at that stage they are not directly dealing with Krishna because they are not linked with Krishna, therefore they are atheist. But they are actually leading one to the other. 
like Prabhupada pointed out, it's like a ladder. Ladder has different rungs to climb. The rungs are not the goal. Rungs are only the means. So six different branches of philosophy, five other branches of philosophy bringing to the sixth branch, which is Vedanta Sutra, which has been explained by Vasudev through Srimad Bhagavatam, which is speaking about pure devotional service. That is the ultimate goal. So, so that is the point. You see like, okay, if you, incidentally I want to mention also, in your absence, your husband made some, made some comments yesterday. It was very nice. He in a very humble mood <laughs> said that you are more learned <laughs> and more qualified <laughs> than him. I mean, of course, I took it as if he was being very humble because everybody knows how learned he is. <laughs> but that was a nice compliment that comes from a husband to his wife or about his wife. Thank you. So yes, if you want to enrich yourself with more information, go ahead and do it. Because that will not only, not only increase your conviction, but it will enable you to convince others too. That's why a preacher needs to be, be learned. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Okay, so then is it being presented, the song? Yes, go much. Okay. And it's also on the WhatsApp group that we've sent. So Wonderful. So this session for question answer, like I'll tell you, that this question-answer session people think becomes the most exciting session. Whereas in Durban, for some reason, although you are so learned, so intelligent, you don't ask questions. I mean, I don't want to get into a bodily platform, <laughs> but I want to point out that all the questions that came excepting one, all came from non-Dharman <laughs> individuals. <laughs> Shamananda, Sri Radharaman, Ananda Sakhi, Rangaradika, and only question came from, <laughs> and she's also not from Dharman, she's from Joanna Pretoria. <laughs> Hare Krishna. When did you come? Today? You came with uh, yeah. Hare Krishna. <clears throat> so I'll just read the translation of the poetry. Out of compassion for the fallen souls, Sri Krishna Chaitanya came to this world with his personal associates and divine abode to teach Sharanagati the goal of surrender. Surrender 
to the Almighty Godhead and to freely distribute ecstatic love of God which is ordinarily very difficult to obtain. This Saranagati is the very life of the true devotee. So this is first and second verse and then third and fourth verse translation is the ways of Saranagati are humility, dedication of the self, acceptance of the Lord as one's only maintainer, faith in Krishna will surely protect, faith that Krishna will surely protect, execution of only those acts favorable to pure devotion and renunciation of conduct averse to pure devotion. The youthful son of Nanda Maharaj Sri Krishna hears the prayers of anyone who takes refuge in him by their six-fold practice. Bhaktivinoda Thakur Bhaktivinoda places a straw between his teeth, prostrates himself before the two Goswamis, Sri Rupa Goswami and Sri Sanatan Goswami, and clasps their feet with his hand. And with tears in his eyes, he appeals to them, I am certainly the lowest of men, but please make me the best of men by teaching me the ways of Sharanagati. Oh, the beat. You know the beat, huh? Oh, anyway. It's a little complex, complex beat. Oh, 
कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु जीवे
कादिया कादिया बाले आमी तोया धाम शिखाई Hare Krishna, 